0: Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night and Are You Afraid of the Dark Podcast. My name is Cortland. With me today is a guy that loses his button in the woods, Brandon. How you doing, Brandon?
1: Hey, Cortland. If I lost my button in the woods, I don't think I would give even a little shit.
0: No, right? Me neither. I don't even wear clothes I wouldn't, that I probably wouldn't them.
1: even notice. <laughs> I don't no. get home and go, hey, where's all my buttons? Lieutenant William One, didn't notice two, either. Three. I had six <laughs> buttons before.
0: Well, you know what? Maybe you would notice if you reenacted like the Revolutionary War and your clothes were expensive. Okay, but I would never do that. No, anybody. Like, no offense would to do people that. who enjoy okay. that, but
1: that's lame.
0: I agree. Yeah, I'd rather go like LARPing or something. And even then, I wouldn't do that. I don't have an imagination like that. I can't do <sighs> that shit.
1: Larping sounds cool in theory, but yeah, I like even. Tabletop role playing games. I'm just I got no imagination. I'm like, (laughs) uh, I swing my sword, I guess. I don't know. Is that wrong? Hey, you were about to tell me what to do.
0: (laughs) When we played Dungeons and Dragons, you weren't that bad at it. As far as I know. I don't know. I'm a newbie too, so I had fun with that. But like I wasn't I was not the kind of kid that would just sit there and sit on the ground and play with his action figures and shit. I can't do that. Even with my son right now, I'm like Let's not play with toys, because I would get bored in, like, five seconds. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I can't do it. They don't do anything. Exactly,
0: yeah. It's just boring to me. Sorry for any of
1: our fans that like to
0: play with their toys and stuff, but I can't do it.
1: This episode is like a big cross-section of toy fans and war reenactors, and we're just going to get bombarded with hate mail.
0: You're right. Let's let's switch subjects here.
1: Let's stop, stop, uh, destroying our fandom and yeah. alienating our buddies. Cheerier subjects.
0: Ah, okay, all right. So my son hasn't had school for like a whole week now, and I I don't know when close when they're going to be opening back up. But um, yeah, I've been home with my son all week, and uh, it hasn't it hasn't been bad, but. I haven't been to the store yet this week, except for yesterday when I went to the store. And, Mm -hmm. um, our stores here are nuts, man. There wasn't any meat, you know, there wasn't any toilet paper, but I
1: didn't need any of that. Yeah. It's so funny. I was, I was just listening a little bit to the water demons episode. Yes. Uh, just to see what we were talking about there and I was describing the situation here and you were like, what? That's crazy. Yes, Toilet paper? I tape? know. And that wasn't very long ago. No. It was only like two or three weeks ago or something. And you were like, well, good luck Australians. I, it's, crazy nutcases. Oh my god. I think it's way worse over here than it
0: is over there. Man, okay. I went to the store because I had to go for uh, Kim's grandma and she was like, I just want cookies and I want Decaf coffee and um, I don't know what the the third thing was. It doesn't matter. So I grabbed the cookies first because <laughs> they're in the bakery.
1: I hope you didn't say that to her when she said what she wanted. No, no. It was bread. It was bread. So uh, bread uh, I,
0: I grabbed the cookies in the, in the bakery and then I walk over because she wanted the soft bread, which is like, you know, the like, I don't know, generic soft bread. So I set my card over because there's a lot of people in the bread aisle and I walk over there and. I was, like, searching for bread for maybe 10 seconds, right? And I walked back to my cart, and there's this, like, middle-aged lady who's, like, about to steal my cookies (laughs) right out of my
1: cart. It was ridiculous. What have we become?
0: I don't know. But, like, she seen me, and she was like, oh, shit. And I was like, I see you. (laughs) (laughs) And I was laughing. She was walking away, like, I'm sorry. And I was like. Oh my god. No, no, don't be. That's like the most hilarious thing that's ever happened to me.
1: (laughs) Don't be sorry. Oh
0: my god. It was ridiculous. (laughs) And the best part is, is that there were so many boxes of cookies over there. She just had to walk over there and get the cookies. Like There's no demand for cookies.
1: (laughs) There's always a demand for cookies.
0: It was ridiculous, Brandon. I can't believe that happened to me. And I loved every second of it. I was that laughing throughout the rest of the store. <laughs> so, moral of this story is, watch your cookies. Somebody's going to snatch that shit. I want to kill whoever steals my cookies. You know what, though? These cookies aren't even that good. They're they're like the in-house um, sugar cookies, and they're not that good. I felt bad buying them for- for Kim's grandma. But she wanted them. As, long as she enjoys them. Yeah, she can that's eat that what trash. I had to tell myself when I picked them up. <laughs> Kim's been doing most of the shopping and she just like, is picking up anything she really can, you know? So she's like, alright, I got some stuff but we're going to have to play Chopped when we get home for dinner. Like, okay,
1: challenge accepted. I'm a kitchen witch now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got to make dinner today out of Spam and this pair of socks. Yeah, she's like, all right. That's all I could find. Her
0: ingredients are, are low-sodium chicken broth, a can of black beans, um, a granola bar, and a banana. Good luck. Like,
1: oh, God. You can put beans on anything, and that's a decent meal.
0: Yeah, I like beans. They're pretty good. So how's Australia, you going? I seen um, your kids are still in school, so you guys must be doing better than we are.
1: Nope. We're not really doing better. The government just doesn't give a shit.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> do you, that, have you that's heard? That's
1: pretty much where we're at. They're just like, everything's fine. Just go on with your day. <laughs> just ignore if it. If you died, that's fine.
0: Okay, so we'll be all right. As of Friday, March twentieth, how many? Like, do, do you know how many cases or how many people have died from from it in Australia?
1: No, I don't know the current numbers.
0: Oh, well, you're just part of the problem, there, Brandon. You're just like your government. Exactly. <laughs> That's okay. I don't know either. <laughs> don't ask me. I don't know. <laughs> what are the I don't numbers? Oh, no. It's not my job to know. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, I'm, I don't want to talk about coronavirus anymore. Do you want to um, get into this episode?
1: Yeah. Let's talk about okay. this episode. Yes, The Tale of the Silent Servant. Which is exactly what I thought it was going to be. Nailed it. I know. Well, what else could it
0: be, right? Brandon and I just got done watching The Tale of the Silent Servant. What did you think about this one,
1: Brandon? I loved it. Did you love it? Yes. Oh, I loved it. Okay. I f- I'm From your reaction, I feel like we're maybe not in sync on this one. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, probably not. I didn't love it, but I thought it How was good. How did you feel about it? um
0: ooh, it's pretty corny in my opinion um there's this whole I like
1: dragon thing that i don't understand why it's in there um no no that it doesn't it doesn't match up with anything else yeah it kind of seems like it would be from another episode yeah that's how i felt they had this prop and they were like well gotta use it i don't know the um Smash it on something. <laughs> oh my God! We'll talk about that one. Um, the so this is scarecrows,
0: um, and the scarecrow's face is uh, reminds me of like Leatherface. It looked pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I loved it. It was scary, and it reminded me of like a mummified corpse. Yeah, they did an awesome Which job. Which is on scary. That.
0: I was um, there. Were some things in it, I it that was I a didn't quite like Oh shit! Yeah, if I was a deer, I wouldn't go in a garden that had that scarecrow up.
1: No, I'd be like, forget it. I'm getting my beans somewhere exactly. else.
0: Yeah, for real.
1: Um, You know, I have this, like, not fear of scarecrows. What do you mean, not fear? Do you mean, like, a normal human? Yeah. Like, any They're rational They're not for scaring person, Cortland's, like... Cortland.
0: <laughs> like, there's... I don't find anything scary about them. Now, this was the episode that one of our uh, fans... Had said was like a parallel to Goosebumps because it's, um, you know, Scarecrow, the scarecrow walks at midnight yep. or whatever. I don't yep. know how a similar Brandon that favorite. is. Now is that similar to this episode? All Besides right. the fact that it's a Brandon
1: okay. favorite, but I haven't read it in, I don't know, twenty five years. Makes sense. Me neither. I'm sure I've read it too, and I I believe that there was a Scarecrow who goes on some sort of. Rampage. Yeah. No, that makes sense. What else could it be, right? <laughs> it has a way more evocative name. The silent servant doesn't make me think doesn't of scarecrows. Scream scarecrows. scarecrows? At all. Yeah. No, it's it kind of sounds like somebody got their tongue ripped out. Do you want to get into this episode? Yeah, let's actually discuss the episode. Okay.
0: Alright. So this episode starts with Gary and Sam. They're sitting close together, tending to the Very fire. close.
1: Right? They were like that basically something? in each other's laps. Is that a hint? Is something happening here? I'd be okay with that. I mean, I thought that's what was going on, but then in the episodes after it was set up, they just kind of nothing. We have gotten a lot less Midnight
0: Society member stuff.
1: I need romantic continuity (laughs) from my shows. Well, maybe we'll get
0: something this season. I mean, we got, like, the sparks of it at the end of last season, so.
1: Exactly. And then nothing.
0: Yeah, true. Well... We also have Tucker and he's sitting at the storyteller throne. He's reading like a comic book or something. And I was like, oh god, no, not another Tucker story.
1: But he's just sitting quietly reading. Yeah,
0: he's not doing
1: anything. It's very Tucker 2.0. For real, right? How mature of you, Tucker? The camera pans over. This comic is hilarious. <laughs> Good one. Oh, Marmaduke. Marmaduke. <laughs> Marma <Duke.
0: laughs> the camera pans over and we see Kiki and Frank walking down the path. They stop and Frank says, "Figures she's not here. And Pete Kiki pipes up saying that she's probably too afraid to face us. And we cut over to Sam and Gary, and Sam asks what they're talking about. And Kiki's, uh, Kiki's like, Betty Ann. And Gary asks what she did, and Kiki gets this look on her face like Gary just swore at her or something. And then we hear Betty Ann's voice, and she says that she wouldn't let her friends sneak into a movie. And the kids all kind of look at each other, and Frank explains that they were coming out of one movie theater, and they were about to move into the next one. And the door was open, and we were in, but Betty Ann is now uh, standing between Kiki and Frank, and she says that she didn't want to do it, and Kiki adds to the story telling us that Betty Ann yelled out, Hey guys, this way out! And the usher sees us, and bang, we're dead.
1: Betty Ann is just such a a good person. Yeah, she's just always... This is more bonus th- points for th- Betty fantastic. Ann. Fantastic.
0: Have you ever... I've never snuck into a movie theater, have you? No. Let's alienate more of our people. How dare people do this?
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Filthy scum.
0: (laughs) Frank gets shitty, saying, If you didn't want to go, you should have stayed quiet. Now, Betty Betty Ann, she walks around them and then gives them a look, saying, I'm not sure about that. I really thought it was wrong, so I had a choice. And at this point, Tucker gets up off the throne to go find a seat, and the other kids all kind of shuffle around to sit down. And Betty Ann continues saying...
1: Should I stand up for what's right or stay silent? And we cut to Tucker, who says, "I I like that. I hope this is about your story." The implication: Should I stand up? What's? Should I stand up for what's right, or be a piece of shit like Frank and Kiki?
0: (laughs) Hey, you get a free movie out of it if you just shut up, Betty Ann. Shut your
1: fucking mouth, Betty Ann.
0: What movie do you think they went and seen?
1: (laughs) What year is it? Ninety-four. Yeah, Lion King.
0: Oh yeah, I was gonna say Jurassic Park, but I think that was ninety three.
1: It was probably still in theaters.
0: Yeah, they probably re put it in theaters over and over. You know, movies today come out so quickly. Did you notice that? Like, regardless of the fact that like theaters are closed and you can't go see a movie, like they seem to be you coming can't out in Australia.
1: Right
0: <laughs> All right, are you gonna go see Bloodshot or like? disney's onward what are you going to sure
1: i'll just go sit on someone's lap and watch it in the crowded movie theater yeah be used as somebody's napkin or something yep just put my hand in their popcorn maybe take a sip from their soda oh my god it's good time good time
0: (sighs) we cut to tucker who says i hope this is about your story and Betty ann's like it is kinda silence is
1: power like oh god, we quiet. just heard this story, Betty Ann. Yeah, quiet librarian all over again. <laughs> Kiki's like, yeah, I know. I just said that <laughs> shit like two weeks ago.
0: <laughs> the power of the unknown, the unspoken, silence can be a blessing—a welcome moment of peace—or it can be evil. <laughs> <laughs> the trick is to know when to welcome it or be very. And then she says, submitted for the approval of
1: the Midnight Society, I call this story... The Tale of the Silent Servant. Yeah, okay, so the silence thing really has nothing to do with the story. No, not almost at all. Like, the servant is silent, but it's because it's a scarecrow, not because of silence having power.
0: Well, uh, yeah, the scarecrow makes more noise than that uh, Mummy did last season in Guardian's Curse, though. It's like, (gasps) all over the damn place. Yeah, it won't shut up. But... Yeah, it doesn't really have a lot to do with silence. It's more so, like, the servant part, I would
1: think. Yeah, it's more just incidental to the fact that it's a scarecrow and not a person. Yeah. Scarecrows don't talk.
0: Well, I mean, they did in The Wizard of Oz, but you've never seen it, They also
1: don't walk, though, so...
0: That's true. The episode starts. It's dark. Looks like we're on a farm because somebody walks past a tractor, which isn't... They walk back past this tractor like all the time in this episode. I don't I think they just forgot to move it.
1: I don't know. You get a tractor for the episode, you're gonna use it. That's true. And they do. They use it a lot. That tractor gets some mileage.
0: It really does. <laughs> this middle aged man walks into a barn and he looks over and he sees another middle aged man sleeping on the some hay. The awake man grabs something that sleeping guy is holding onto, which snaps this guy awake. So the standing man asks, what have you done? And laying down dude tells him that it attacked him. It's here. He says some magic words or something. I couldn't understand. And then he runs out of the barn. And the original guy, he's got like a bone or something in his hand. And he looks into a room of the barn saying, I told you never to reveal yourself. And he throws the bone into that room and he slams it shut. And the door starts rattling. And then the man says, I command you to be still. So the door stops rattling, and he says he'll return for it later. And he smiles, and he chuckles a bit after saying, I take care of our friend George. And he walks into the camera, which cuts to another scene. It's daylight out, and the story tells us that 20 years have passed. I didn't really care for that beginning opener thing. It was...
1: No, you didn't really need it. Nah, it was unnecessary. So, presumably that's the scarecrow locked in that room, yeah? Yeah. I didn't really think... later on that a scarecrow that scarecrow being locked in a room would really stop it, it seemed like it's magical yes and could kind of just teleport
0: it doesn't make sense to me the guy in the beginning is the owner of that farm and he ends up dying and the guy that got woken up his name is george he comes back later in the story and i just don't i don't get what point of that was i don't know we see some kid with a baseball glove on he's trying to catch a ball i guess and we get betty ann's voiceover saying that jared connor was visiting his cousin ann's farm for the summer of
1: course he was every single story is either someone staying with a cousin Mm -hmm. or a kid who just moved into a new neighborhood it's one of the two you gotta get these
0: fish out of water stories man
1: how often did you spend summers at your cousin's place i
0: never Spent summers at my cousin's place. I went to summer camp for a week in the summertime, like twice. And was your cousin there? No, I don't interact with my cousins.
1: Well, you must not have very many spooky adventures then.
0: No, I'm a very boring individual. That's why I do a podcast about other people having spooky adventures. (laughs) Benny Ann tells us that Jared's greatest love was baseball. All he wanted to do was play, but he's not playing baseball. He's playing catch.
1: He's playing it with a baseball. It counts.
0: Yeah, this is exactly what happened in, no, actually, they played more baseball in the Tale of the Captured Souls because they had a bat. These people never have a bat. They just play catch. All he wanted to do was play, but unfortunately for Anne, baseball was not her favorite pastime, which we can see because she misses catching the ball that Jared threw at her. So she walks over, she picks it up, and says that she wants to quit because she's tired, and Jared tells her to throw the goddamn ball. So she does, and he catches it. He looks at the ball for a moment, then tells her to go back for a long one. And she complains, but she does. And Jared calls her a wimp and tells her to go back further and further. And now she's up near this house that's, like, really far in the distance. So he throws this ball at her, and it, of course, like, shoots past her and breaks a window. Yeah.
1: She wanted nothing to do with this. No. She doesn't want to play. It's almost exactly like Billy and Karen from the 13th floor with the hockey. Yeah. She wanted nothing to do with it. He was way into hockey- but she just kept doing it, and it's like, just stop.
0: Yeah, like there's nothing stopping you from <laughs> just, just don't no. play baseball. Yeah,
1: he's like, just shut up and go catch the ball. She could just be like, nah. You know, um,
0: I don't really care for this Jared. Jared Child.
1: No, Jared sucks.
0: Anne is okay. She's a little stupid though. <laughs>
1: mm, she's a bit bland, but I like her well enough.
0: I think that's what I meant to say. Is she's
1: she's kind of bland.
0: The door with that broken window opens up and out walks two dudes. One's got this baseball in his hand, and Jared's like, I told her not to go back so far.
1: Oh, shut up. Yeah, I'm that's such like a, a
0: Sam move. <laughs> it really is. She goes along with it for some reason. It doesn't make any sense. This older jet walks down the steps of the house and says, There's too much work to be doing right now for you to cause all this trouble, young lady. I got a crop to get in. And Anne apologizes, even though it's not her fault. At all. Mm -mm. And the guy's like, you're both going to have to work off the price of a new window. And Jared looks all pissed off. And
1: I don't know. Because he mentioned work. Yeah. He does not want to work at all. And it's like. He doesn't want to do anything. He's on a fucking farm. You got to do work.
0: Whatever. This guy that has like, who's yelling at him. Like it's, it's Ann's dad and then her brother, Mark. Well, Mark takes their gloves and Jared gives a, a wimpy little protest as the guy in charge says that. Uh, the way I see it, it takes two to play catch. Now there'll be no more baseball until you show some responsibility. So Mark, the guy who took the glove, is like, hey, nice glove. Maybe use it at my softball tournament this weekend. And Jared screams, you better not. And starts to attack Mark. It's for baseball, not softball. For Ria, What's the difference between baseball and softball? The softer ball. Mm,
1: softball's soft.
0: <laughs> so Anne rolls her eyes at Mark and tells him to cool it. He was only joking. And the man in charge, like I said, his dad says, settle down. No one's going to use your glove. We'll toss those things in the tractor. And they do. They do that. Yeah, that's where you keep gloves. Exactly. You know, children can't get into tractors. Mark winks at Jared, walks away, and we zoom in on the dad who says, now you do have some work to do. Start by taking some beans to Mr. Galloway down the road. Jared complains saying that it's it's not fair. And the guy's like, huh. he says breaking windows. ain't wasn't fair either. And tomorrow I want you both to help Mark build a fence around the garden. Anne asks if there's neither way What two things to keep the deer out. Yes.
1: Two whole things?
0: Yeah. I feel like it's three Boy. though, because they gotta fix the window too.
1: Unbelievable. They said working on a farm was easy. <laughs>
0: no, you have to do two things. <laughs> Anne asks if there's an easier way to keep the deer out, and Dad laughs and says, None that I can think of. Now get going. Now, I think this is probably a perfect time to check out who we got in this episode, because we've essentially met the entire cast already. So first up, we have Jared. He's played by Jesse Tendler, who is in a whole lot of stuff, but nothing I can recognize, aside from voice work in Grand Theft Auto 4 and the game Bully.
1: Who did he play in Grand Theft Auto 4?
0: He voiced Mike, the Moto Cashier.
1: Okay, well that doesn't help me at all.
0: He was also Euro Club Goer in The Ballad of Gay Tony.
1: All right. All right. What about Bully?
0: He was Eustace.
1: Damn. I don't know any of these people. All right. Let's get back on track.
0: Okay. So next up, we have Anne Peterson, who's played by Kimberly Warnat. Again, she's in a lot of stuff, but nothing very recognizable. She was in an episode, I think, of Stargate Atlantis, unless that's a movie. I don't really know my Stargate stuff. That's a show. Okay. That's what I thought. And she was also Beer Line Girl in Freddy vs. Jason.
1: All right. Good for her.
0: Next up is Mark Peterson. He was played by Tyler Labine. He played Dr. Iggy from the TV show New Amsterdam, which my wife watches. It's something that's on right now. Mm-hmm. It's one of those the um, hospital shows. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. He played Sean Dumont in the episode The Gang Gets New Wheels from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which I've never seen. I think you watch, though, don't you?
1: Uh, I haven't in a long time.
0: I think this episode was from 2018. My favorite yep. thing, though, is that he reprised his role as stoner. From his hit 1996 X-Files appearance. And he reprised that in 2016 playing, I'm assuming, the same stoner. And aside from that, the yeah. list just goes on and on.
1: Yeah. Um. So I was watching this episode and I did zero research on this. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's fine. You should know. Um. But while I was watching this, I was like, is that Tyler Labine? But I didn't look it up. I just thought, maybe that's him. Yeah. Because it kind of looked like him, but... He's so young and little that I was like, I'm not sure. Yeah, but oh, that's cool to find out that it is, is actually him. And you sold his career short. He's been in a lot of good things. Jeez, I mean, well, what what did you like recognize him from? I first saw him in the show Reaper. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that one? No. Oh, is that the one where she becomes a Grim Reaper after she dies? Um, no, it's a guy who's like capturing souls from hell or something ray wise is the devil
0: no i don't think i've seen it
1: it was cool but yeah he's been in a lot of things and he's always the best part of everything he's in
0: <laughs> he was pretty great in this episode too
1: yeah you know what mark's cool he's the, not bad the character. scene that introduced him i was like oh great another jerk older brother but you know what he's a good brother yep exactly how i
0: felt in the episode too the last person that I'm going to talk about is Brian Dooley, who played Pete Peterson, who was the dad figure. It's a great name. Yeah. Did you recognize him? Because he's been in the show already. Damn it.
1: I never recognize anyone. Who was
0: he? I didn't recognize him either. But the last time we've seen him, he, uh, he sort of died. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Really? Yeah. He was Flynn from the Tale of the Phantom Cab. Wow. Cool. But yeah, that's all I got on uh, Mr. Brian Dooley. Said he was Flynn. And that's all we really need from him. So let's go back to the episode. The scene transitions to Jared and Ann riding their bike. And they stop and they look at an ugly barn. And Jared's like, cool barn. Which, no, it's not. Yeah, it's not it's even It's not painted. a cool
1: barn. It's just a barn.
0: It's a big barn, but it's ugly. It's yeah. not even red.
1: It's just gray. You see barns like that all the time everywhere.
0: Yeah, for real. Jared, you're dumb. Ann tells him that it's old man Earlstad's, And he wants to go check it out. And then this interesting back and forth takes place that we're going to grab a clip of. I don't even remember what it is it anymore, so no. <laughs> must be great. Um, Jared calls her scared for not wanting Jerry, to check out the barn. And, li- and then the kids walk by a random-ass cemetery.
1: Yeah, it's just one of those graveyards you keep next to your barn. Yeah, right? This is where we keep Ron oil.
0: <laughs> I didn't look and see if he was there. I don't think he was, because they only close up on one gravestone. And it's got two dragons on it for some reason. Um, It's for John Earlstead.
1: This guy just loves dragons for some reason.
0: I assume, like, they're, like, Chinese kind of dragons, too. They're like what you'd see in Mulan. It's weird. It looks like this guy lived from 1905 to 1974. Jared touches the dragon, and Anne tells him that it's Mr. Earlstead's, and people say that he's some kind of sorcerer, and he had invisible servants for his farm. Jared asks if she that's believes that That's such a shit.
1: specific urban legend.
0: It really is.
1: I mean, you mostly just hear like, oh, that's haunted. There's a ghost. Not like, that ghost is a chef ghost. <laughs> and he makes poisoned cakes for his guests. And then they eat them and turn into frog ghosts, which hop on you and it's scary.
0: Yeah, she's all like, oh, he had silent servants that tended to the soybeans and replanted them every four years in different spots around the fo- Like, shut up, Anne. <laughs> People don't talk about this crap.
1: There wasn't even any internet. Shut up. Exactly.
0: And also there's no other children anyway, so who are you getting this info from, Anne? So Jared asks her if she believes that shit, and Anne's like, no. And Jared's like, aw, oh, yeah, right. And then they walk over to the barn and they just kind of open up the door and they walk in like they own the place. That's
1: <laughs> ridiculous. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> You don't just walk into a cool barn. No, not one you don't
0: own and have no affiliation with. They just open up the door. I thought Anne was going to be like, no, stop, Jared. But she's like, let's do it.
1: Yeah, she doesn't have any problems being like, no, stop, Jared, the rest of this episode, which is the majority of her dialogue. Really is. The kids
0: walk inside and we see some, we see some old ropes and shit everywhere. Jared exclaims, this
1: is great. Make a dugout for our baseball field with these boards.
0: Which is insane. Why do you want to make a dugout? There's only two people. I mean, I guess Mark plays baseball too or whatever, but you don't need a dugout.
1: No, one of you is throwing the ball and one of you is hitting it.
0: Yeah, you're both going to be playing all the time anyway. There's only two
1: of you. Yeah, (laughs) it's not going to be like, oh, I'm out. Back to the dugout. Well, Jared plays by himself.
0: (laughs) doesn't make any goddamn sense. Anne wants to leave but Jared looks at her and asks her to give him a hand and even though she's already carrying something that they have to deliver and also this shit isn't theirs, Anne sets the stuff down and they start yanking on some old wood on a door. After a few tugs it comes off and the door opens up and a scarecrow falls on the kids and Anne gives a very unconvincing scream and Jared he's up first saying oh boogeyman and Anne tells them that they gotta get out of here but Jared's like no way. We can hang the scarecrow up in the garden instead of building the fence.
1: You can't just take things.
0: I know. I don't get it. <laughs> Ann tells him that scarecrow's scarecrow is not deer. And Jared's like, you're just scared. And Anne tells
1: him that she isn't, but what? I'm, uh, this is stealing. <laughs> Whatever. He treats it like it's a fucking Toys R Us shopping spree where you just go <laughs> with your shopping cart and put as much stuff in as you can. Yeah. Like, this is... It's
0: established that this is Earlstead's barn. I mean, this one Earlstead might be dead, but I'm sure he's got like a family of people, or else they would have, you know, sold the farm mm-hmm. or something. And you're just the walking Earl's in dad there estate? and stealing all of his wood and his scarecrow. He's just and... like,
1: hmm, I could use this wood for my dugout, and this over here, oh, that would go nicely in my foyer. <laughs> ah, my scarecrow, <laughs> there it is, <laughs> like, <I don't... laughs> just where I left it.
0: oh my god Anne starts to lift up the scarecrow and is like you gonna help me or what so I guess she's just okay with all this stealing yeah Jared starts lifting it up but Anne stops and says hey wait and she picks up a bone from the that we seen at the beginning of the episode and it's got two dragons on it like the grave did they're just kind of glued on top of it and she looks at it she tilts her head and she puts it in her pocket and I was just like what What what's going on
1: yeah it's like blink and you'll miss it, but yeah. she just grabs this weird ornate bone and she's just like, "Yeah, okay, I'll take this too." <laughs> I'm on a stealing why spree. Did, <laughs> why? Why did the scarecrow have this anyway?
0: So at the beginning of the episode, um, mm-hmm. old man Earlstead, who I thinking is the guy that is dead now, because 1974 would line up, and I guess he he opened up that door and and the scarecrow was in there. He threw the bone in there for some reason, and then he locked it up and he died. Okay, so. I don't, I don't know, man. Let's come back to it uh, in, like, two scenes, okay? Okay. Hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your dugout constructor. Whether you're new to the show or a longtime fan, thanks for listening and laughing with us. If you're looking for more labs, we have you covered. Our Instagram and Twitter account are full of almost a year of content covering every episode so far. We have gifts for every single episode handcrafted by Brandon. A lot of them are mashed up together with some of your other favorite things, like Willy Wonka, The Golden Girls, Resident Evil, and so much more. We have Are You Afraid of the Dark Meme Fridays, character bios, videos, and so much more. You're definitely going to want to check it out. Give us a follow. That's at Private Island Presents on Instagram and at PRVT Island on Twitter. Mondays have gotten a whole lot more fun. On Instagram, I've been playing episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark, so you can come over and watch it with me and get a nice refresher for the episode before the podcast comes out the next day. Head on over to our Instagram at 12pm and 7pm Eastern Time to watch. I'd love to chat along with you through the episode. This next Monday, we'll be watching The Tale of the Room for Rent. If you're interested in supporting the show and becoming a patron, check out patreon.com privateisland. When you pledge, you'll instantly get access to bonus book readings, early release episodes and bloopers, and I'll give you a shout-out in each episode. Due to the financial strain of COVID-19, we've elected to pause payments for the month of April and possibly May, so now is the perfect time to join. I'd like to thank our current patrons, the Golden Bostics, Bryce and Kathy, and the Bronze Beth, Angela. Thank you so much for your support, everyone. We really appreciate it. We're reaching the end of Season 4 already, and we need your questions. The Season 4 wrap-up episode will be recorded in a few short weeks, so please, if you have any questions for Brandon or myself about podcasting, about the show, or anything, just get them in. You can reach us on Instagram and Twitter, the Facebook group, or through email. That's privateislandpresents at gmail.com. Answer questions and reading stories is one of my absolute favorite parts of the show, so get them into us. I've been doing some live streaming of my editing, so seeing the magic and work behind the show is something you're interested in, or just want to hang out and chat with me while I'm editing or playing a video game, please check out our Twitch channel, that's twitch.tv slash For a link to all of our socials and such, check the episode description, I've got a nice link tree that has all the links easily clickable for you. If you know somebody who'd be interested in our show, tell them about it. Word of mouth is the biggest contributor to podcasting growth and we'd love to be back in the top 100 for our category on the charts. A review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser is always helpful too, and we just love reading them. I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for his work on the music for our show, aside from this theme, Dating Start from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the art for our show. Thank you so much again, everyone. Every listen means so much to us, and we're so happy we can make you laugh and smile every week. I'll talk to you soon. Bye! We cut outside. The kids have the scarecrow hung up, and then we get a good look at this monster, and it has the face of Leatherface.
1: Yeah, I thought it actually was a mummy.
0: It was so cool looking.
1: Yeah, it is cool.
0: I don't think I've ever seen an actual scarecrow in my life. So if all of them look like that, then you know that's cool. But I just imagine no. scarecrows being like with a smiling face and stuff. And this one looks like it wants I to eat your soul. I haven't spent
1: much time on actual farms. But scarecrows, to me, are Halloween decorations. Yeah, that's
0: how I feel, too. But they always have, like, cute, fun faces and stuff, and this one does not.
1: They're having a good time.
0: This one is, well, I mean, shit. I'm going to post a picture of it on Instagram, so check us out. Private Island Presents on Instagram, where you can see a picture of this monstrosity's face. Anne looks up at this demon that they've just hung up, and she says that she thinks this isn't such a hot idea. But they're interrupted by Mark, who asks what's going on. Jared points at the scarecrow saying, it'll keep the deer from eating the vegetables. But Mark's like, nice try. You still got to help me with the fence. So Anne tells him, told ya. And Mark asks if Mr. Galloway gave it to him. And Anne, she says that they never went and that they kind of got sidetracked. So Mark points his finger saying, then you best be on your bikes and start pedaling, unless you want to spend the rest of the summer doing chores. Which, let's be real here, Mark. It Sounds like they're going to be spending their summer doing chores anyway.
1: Yeah, they're going to be doing two chores all summer. Exactly.
0: The kids run over to their bikes, and we look again at that creepy scarecrow. Now, we cut inside to the barn from earlier, you know, the Earlstad barn, and Anne and Jared mm-hmm.
1: are breaking back in. I mean, I don't know why you'd take the beans with you inside anyway, but
0: That's a good whatever. point. What were they thinking? Like, they left their bikes out there. Why didn't they take the bikes
1: inside? Yeah. Let's explore the barn. Make sure to take the beans.
0: <laughs> so Anne's like, there it is. You know, she points at the beans, and she says, we better hurry. or dad's going to kill us. And then from out of that scarecrow door pops this old man who says, good deaths come to those who wait.
1: And I got to say, he looks pretty good for being 20 years older than the last time we saw him. Yeah, I thought so too. Didn't age a day. Yeah, right.
0: (laughs) He's still a middle-aged man. (laughs) Oh my god. The kids, they back up and they look less scared than I would be in that situation. They're just like, oh, okay. It's old man George, whatever. Jared tries to muster out a, a wee little, we wee just, just, uh, but the old man interrupts saying that dragons, that the dragons have been stolen. And this guy gets shifty eyes asking if the kids have seen the, his dragons. And now we get just this like vomit of exposition and tells him no. And the guy's like, the better for you then such sorrow. I used to see rainbow colored lights. Now darkness, such sweeping blackness. He made me this way. His evil was contagious. He raised the silent servant. And then he says some magic words. I don't know what he's talking about.
1: Yeah, he just speaks a bunch of crazy shit. So much crazy. But this guy is chewing this scenery up. He lives for this shit, yes.
0: He says, I was too clever for them. Before the power was between the dragons, they could stop the silent servant. Only the master could break the spell, but he's dead. The servant walks. Before warned, once the word is given, it cannot be undone. It is always listening, always listening. And then he says some more magic words. I think it says Gallo Vector Solemnus? Solemnus? I don't know. It's some bullshit, yeah. just like back in Tale of the Quicksilver.
1: I gotta say, I would have been out of here like four paragraphs ago. Yeah, this
0: is, it's taking me a long, like a, a short amount of time to get through all of this. It took me like half an hour to write down his whole spiel because he just talks like a crazy person and it's annoying. Yeah, if I were these kids, I would have been out of there the second he popped out of that fucking door. I'd be like, fuck your beans, I'm out of here.
1: Even if you didn't find his rambling insanity scary or whatever, I would be like, oh shit, they're going to notice all the stuff we stole.
0: For real? Let's go. So he tells them that the true master's dead and the beast runs free. Basically, he's saying if you give this silent servant a command, it'll do it no matter what. And then he laughs a whole bunch as the kids finally run the fuck out of there. And I was just, I I have my notes. Damn, that was a shit ton of exposition. And this is where the story gets a little confusing for me about the whole dragon thing and the bone and stuff. I don't get it.
1: Yes, I don't understand the connection between Chinese dragons and scarecrows.
0: Exactly. So was George just like using the silent servant this whole time? He was in there with the scarecrow and the bone thing. Was he not allowed to go in there? I don't get why is he still there? Earlstead is dead. Why do they? He's only the farmhand. I don't get it. He just lingers around there. How does he? How does he get money? I don't know. I
1: don't know. He could get money very easily if he wanted to.
0: I guess. But it, does he control the the scarecrow right now? Like, I mean, obviously not right now because the kid stole it. But I don't know. He it. needs that bone. I guess. Did he have the bone before? I don't know. No.
1: The scarecrow had the bone, but he could have had it.
0: Two children opened that door up, so I, he should be able to open it. And he was inside it I afterwards. Guess, and...
1: I guess he's just there to make sure no one disturbs it. He's protecting the world from this great evil. Mm. Okay, I guess I didn't he's look at He's the it last that line of defense. Yeah, he's just crazy, he was though. And thwarted by two ten-year-olds. <laughs>
0: yeah, right, right. He was. Well, we look at that silent servant again for a moment before we cut inside of the house and Jared and Anne like are running to their room and Jared asks who that was. Anne tells them that it was Crazy Man George, mister Oldston's farmhand. Until Yeah. She says he it very crazy. casually.
1: Just Well, that's crazy George. <laughs> He's yeah. always psychotically yelling at us.
0: Yeah, she says it like she knew that he was you know, lived
1: in that barn or
0: whatever. I don't get it.
1: Which if she knew would maybe make her be like, Hey Jared, there's a crazy guy who lives in there. You would think. Let's not go in and steal stuff.
0: <laughs> like if I know a crazy person lives somewhere, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of avoid that. I don't need that drama in my life, you know? Jared calls him a loon and Ann sits down in her bed, but then she gets poked by something, and Jared gets up and asks her what it is. And she pulls out that old bone with the two dragons on it. And she's like, oh, it fell from the scarecrow. Look, dragons. And Jared holds it up and then accidentally snaps the end of it. And it's a secret compartment. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Anne says that they should bring it back. But Jared's like, something's inside. And Anne begs him to stop. But he unfurls an old ass piece of paper that was stuffed inside of this bone thing. He starts reading off it. And it says, he who recites that which is written shall summon the silent one hither. And he stops, and he looks at Anne and says, hey, sounds like Shakespeare. And Anne's like, I don't think you should, you know, read that or whatever. But he gets, she gets cut off by Jared continuing the magic spell. And uh, says, awaken slumbering servant, awaken, say, your master. Abide by the true master's word, and hold ye bound by this incantation. Never turn back upon thy mission, And we get like a thunderclap and we look at the scarecrow and then back with Anne, she says, maybe we shouldn't. But Jared continues saying, thy power of the word, clovector solemnus, as thy true master divides the dragon and sets the silent servant to rest. Finally, after like some more thunderclaps, Anne stops and saying, enough. And She runs over and she closes the window to the room. We look at the scarecrow again for a moment and then the scene fades.
1: If I found a hidden compartment in a bone. Mm hmm. And I was, like, 12 years old, and I opened it up, and I saw that it wasn't candy or money or baseball cards, and it was just a piece of paper with some lame writing on it. Mm-hmm. I would just be like, yeah, whatever. I wouldn't even read
0: it. I don't know. I'd probably unfurl it and read it, too, but I wouldn't read it out loud. I'd be like, what the fuck is this? And then I'd shove it back in the bone and forget Dragons? about it.
1: Dragons? This is dumb. Yeah,
0: I'd be like, what kind of idiots are writing this garbage?
1: Some fan fiction. (laughs) Exactly.
0: It's just, there's a lot of setup for this episode that, I don't know, I feel like there was an easier way to do this. You don't need dragons and some bone thing and a scroll or what. I don't know. Now we're still in the room, but some time has passed, I guess, and Anne's fucking around with that dragon bone thing, and she says, this must have been Mr. Olstad's. And Jared, who's apparently not interested in it at all anymore, says, who cares? When do you think we'll get our gloves back? And it's like, what is wrong with you? You have the attention span of, like, a gnat a or something. You just were so excited to read that fucking scroll, and now you're like, who gives a fuck? I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm not a kid anymore. There's a knock on the door, and it interrupts the kid. Jared rushes to go sit on the bed as the voice asks if anybody's home, and then in walks Dad. He opens up the door that they have for this room, and it it's basically a closet door. It was weird.
1: Yeah, I like that. They scramble to hide this bone so that they don't look suspicious, and in the process, look way more suspicious. That's
0: like every time kids try to hide something. The though. dad
1: walks in, and this boy and the girl are just like, what? We were doing nothing. We weren't making out. What? <laughs> we weren't kissing? No big deal, dad. That's what
0: I would be <laughs> yeah. concerned with. But...
1: That's a way worse outcome than just if they were just sitting there with the bone, and the dad came in, and he's like... Oh, what you got there? Some sort of ancient demon summoning <laughs> talisman? Yeah. It's, All right. Well, you kids have fun.
0: You know the the Earlstead have the dragons on the grave, and this bone has the dragons on it. He probably knows more about the Earlstead's you know position than the kids do. So maybe it would have been a good idea to have the dad, you know, look at that. But then again, he Maybe. sees the scarecrow, and he's he doesn't probably think anything, heard so.
1: the specific urban legends too. Yeah, it's been twenty years. That's true.
0: Well, Dad says that he's home, and then he asks the kid to go take the garbage out. So they nod, and then we zip outside, and the kids both have these big orange trash bags in their hands. Never seen a trash bag like that before. They're walking Canada, in the dark man. past that it's tractor. Wild. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. And Anne's like, "You really think that silent servant stuff is real?" And Jared says that he wishes he's sick of doing chores. And then they hear like a tree branch crack or something and they call out to Mark and then they look at the garden and the scarecrow is gone and the kids turn around and behind them is the scarecrow. So the kids scream and they drop their bags.
1: Yeah. So what's the scarecrow doing at this point?
0: I don't know. Maybe it was trying to help them with their chores. I don't know. I wondered the same thing. They run up to Mark, who's all decked out in this baseball uniform, and he's like, whoa, whoa, what's the rush? Whoa, whoa, and the, the kids rush? are all out of breath, and they're like,
1: Scarecrow! Alive! I, swear! I came after us! Silent servant! Whoa! <laughs> wait, wait, are there dragons involved?
0: <laughs> Where's the two dragons?
1: <laughs> Everyone knows that only the true master can separate them.
0: <laughs> Mark tells them to shut up and speak one at a time, so Anne's like, okay, there's a scarecrow, right? And we hung it in the garden, and... Okay, I was like, girl, he was there. He knows about the fucking scarecrow in the garden. But she's like, there's a scroll, and Jared read it, and now it's alive. And Mark calmly asks them to show him it. So they walk over to the tractor from a few scenes ago. Which
1: is good. Yeah, right. That's what I thought. You wouldn't be... Like, I wouldn't blame anyone for being like, what? Shut up. And then walking away. Uh, Yeah, that's what I expected to happen. show me this insane thing.
0: Yeah, because at first... You know, like you said, I thought he was a jerk character, too, and then he did this, and I was like, oh, okay, he's a good brother. And he ends up being a good brother. Mm-hmm. He's a bit, and, um, like, he's got some brain condition, though. He kind of forgets everything, but that's okay. I'll, I'll forgive him. He hit too many, too many baseballs to the dome, I think, but. Softballs. Oh, sorry.
1: Or maybe that's why he switched to softball.
0: Oh, yeah. The lore of Mark. So they walk by the tractor from a few scenes ago, and Anne says it was standing right there. And Mark looks around for a moment, and then he points, saying, there's your man. It doesn't look like he's going anywhere too fast. And we see the scarecrow knocked over by the trash cans. So Mark walks up to it as Jared tells him that it was alive. And Mark says that Dad probably just took it down and put it over there, and when you guys came by, it fell. And the kids just stare at him as he asks if they want help putting it back up. And Anne tells him, no thanks. And Mark's like, okay then, don't stay up too late. We're fixing the window tomorrow. And Jared groans. Mark says good night. And as he walks away, Jared turns to Anne and tells her she never should have broken that window. And then Anne finally yells at him, saying that he's the one that threw the ball. But Jared tells her that she should have caught it. And Jared walks up to the scarecrow, and he kicks it, telling it to fix the window. And it's supposed to be the servant. And Anne yells at Jared to go inside. But Jared gives the scarecrow another kick, telling it to deliver the stupid beans while it's at it. Then the kids walk away, and we get a close-up of the scarecrow. And the kids come back for to throw the bags of garbage away. <laughs> I thought that was going to be it, but they had a little more garbage to do.
1: It's a lot of garbage at the farm.
0: Two bags worth, yeah. Two bags a day. So now we're out in the front of the house. It's daytime, and Jared celebrates because the window is fixed. You know, they walked up to the window, and it was already fixed. And Uncle he says, Uncle Pete must have fixed it. But Uncle Pete pops out of nowhere and says it wasn't him, <laughs> that it must have been Mark. Did somebody say my name? <laughs> Then he says that Mr. Galloway called and thanked them for the beans. And Ann looks at Jared, and he asks Pete if they can go to Mark's softball game this afternoon. And Pete's like, sure, right after you put a good day's work in on that fence. And the kids look around to the garden and see the scarecrow is back up.
1: I don't want to go to the game that bad. Yeah, right? Fuck the fence. Even though they knew they were going to have to work on it.
0: So we switch scenes again, and Jared is painting the fence, and Mark is hammering in a post. And he stops and he tells the kids that they'll finish it tomorrow because he's got to go get ready for his game. And Jared asks if he can go. Mark's like, yeah, sure. Anne, you want to come too? And she's like, no, I got better shit to do.
1: Good for you.
0: (laughs) That's what I thought too. And Mark tells the kids to bring in the tools and that he'll go get his gear. And we stay with Jared and Anne and he bitches about not wanting to do this shit tomorrow. And Anne's like, don't say that to the silent servant. And Jared's like, yeah, right. Like it exists. And Anne tells them that Mark didn't fix the door. And it sure wasn't us who took the beans to Mr. Galloway.
1: Yeah, it sure wasn't. Because that would have taken 10 minutes and you refused to do it. They refused to do it twice. (laughs) (laughs) They actively refused to do it all day. (laughs) They've spent way more time. Well, Jared. Jared has spent way more time bitching about all these chores than it would take to just do them.
0: Yeah, all he does is complain about not wanting to do work. He's kind of a terrible character, really. Yeah, he sucks. Sure does. So Jared doesn't want to believe it, but Anne Anne asks him how else he can explain it. So Jared looks over at the Scarecrow and says, okay, let's see. He walks over to that monster as Anne tells him don't. But he stands in front of it and commands it to finish the fence. And Anne tells him to take it back. You heard what George says. It's evil. And Jared tells her that George is crazy. And what's her excuse? And he walks away and Anne stares at the Scarecrow. Now we cut to Anne. Anne. And this weird-looking nighty that's, like, plaid
1: and hideous. Why is this in the episode? I don't know, man. It's weird. She's just dressed like a pilgrim, and she's just...
0: Yeah, she's kind of like she's on Little House on the Prairie or something. It's very, like, it's very early weird. 1900s or something.
1: But this scene just... It's quick. Like, it cuts to this. Yeah. It's five seconds of Pilgrim Man, and then back we're on to the next day. Yeah, And this didn't need to exist at all. Yeah, she's got
0: that scroll in her hands and she's reading from it saying, the true master separates the dragons and dis- dispels the magic. And then she looks out the window at the scarecrow and that's the whole scene. The, the director, like, they made her get into that nighty for like a five second scene. We switch to Anne playing with a bucket of green paint in her garage or something. She's like splashing her paintbrush in there, dipping it in or whatever. Jared's standing behind her ready to paint the fence, I think. And Mark rounds the corner asking them, how they did it? Anne asks. What? And Mark motions for them to come over. So the kids walk over to the fence, and it's completed. And Mark declares that it looks great. He didn't know that they had it in them. And Jared goes with it. He's saying, "Yeah, it's pretty great, huh?" And Mark tells them that this bought them the afternoon off. Jared's all, "Oh, baby!" But Anne walks up to him, <laughs> telling him not to ask the scarecrow to do anything else because it's evil. And Jared says, "Evil? It's excellent. This is our ticket to the best summer ever." And we look at that horrifying face of the monster and tries to say that the scroll said something. But Jared starts commanding the scarecrow, telling it to build him a dugout for his baseball field. Yeah, best summer really ever.
1: the summer of the dugout.
0: Everybody knows that the best summer ever starts with having a dugout. OK,
1: 20 years later. Hey, Anne, do you remember that summer where I got that dugout? Exactly. And she'd be like, oh, that was and the we best sat summer. sat in it. We took turns not playing baseball that was the
0: best you know what okay Jared like doesn't like to move or something so I, I understand how he is so fixated on this dugout. all he wants to do is sit down and do nothing
1: yeah he loves doing nothing
0: he sure does so he commands this thing to build his dugout and Ann says some magic words telling it to cancel the command and Jared's all say what and Ann tells him that it's in the scroll and the shit's dangerous. So Jared tells her to get over it because he's getting his goddamn dugout. I'm getting
1: a dugout.
0: Fuck yeah he is. They stare at the scarecrow for a minute and then Jared said, let's go into town. There's a baseball card shop I want to check out. He walks away and Anne stares at the scarecrow and then the scene fades. We see the kids ride their bike up to a freshly built dugout. (laughs) Jared's like, "Oh yeah. See, I told you. This is great. And then Anne asks where the boards came from. And Jared's all like, I don't care. We got a real field now, but girl, you stole everything. Who fucking cares? <laughs> like, now you care. If I was
1: Uncle Pete and I came home and found a dugout on my farm property, I'd be like, what the hell? So would I. I'd be like, what is going on? This isn't your house.
0: Why are you stealing everything, <sighs> children? <laughs> you just build permanent dugouts in my fucking backyard.
1: I didn't tell you you could do this. I was gonna put a stable there, you asshole. <laughs> That was for the pig pen. <laughs> Cows don't care about dugouts.
0: <laughs> so they're all, like, excited about this dugout. And then from somewhere in the distance, we hear Mark yell for Aaron and Jared. and they're te- He's telling them to get over here. So the kids, like, look at each other, and they're all like, oh, oh, oh. And then they walk over, and they look at that fence that they built earlier, and it's all torn up and shitty. And Mark asks them if they want to explain this shit. And the kids look at each other, and then we look at the Scarecrow again.
1: Yeah, we look at the Scarecrow a lot. We sure do. Which
0: is okay. The Scarecrow looks pretty cool. But the Scarecrow dismantled the fence around it to make the dugout. Yeah. Which is, I don't know. It's fucking stupid.
1: Like, obviously that's what's going to happen, but... Does the Scarecrow just magic these things into existence, or is it physically moving and getting hammer and nails and building that dugout, because I think it would be hilarious and would make this scarecrow a lot less scary to see it on its hands and knees building a dugout. <laughs> I think it gets on its hands and knees and builds that dugout. I mean, sure, it probably does all this stuff at night, but still, well, except for this like, time... anyone could just be like, was that a scarecrow building the dugout out there?
0: <laughs> One of the things that I found interesting about this episode is that you know i was like okay so the care they look they tell the scarecrow to do something and then they look and it's gone or whatever and i was like so the scarecrow just like teleports places i was like that's gonna be boring how is this gonna be scary but the scarecrow actually like somebody gets in a scarecrow suit and walks around so i was glad that they added that in there
1: yeah the scarecrow walks yeah at midnight yes exactly
0: we warp inside, and Anne tries telling Mark that it was a scarecrow, and Jared adds in that they don't know, they didn't know that it would wreck the fence, but of course Mark doesn't believe them, because, you know, who would believe them, and Anne tries telling him that it's the truth, but he's like, sorry, I gotta ground you two, and Jared cries, saying that he was gonna go to his game tonight, but Mark tells him, nope, I don't think so. Here are your gloves, stay out of trouble. We switch scene again, it's nighttime now, and we just look at the scarecrow for a moment before zipping inside, and Jared, he's looking at a bag that has his glove in there, he's saying, I don't believe it, as Anne looks at the scroll again, and Anne asks what's up, and Jared says that his glove's not in here, that Mark's still got it, and Anne's all like, oh, he wouldn't take your glove, but Jared looks super pissed. And he says,
1: I'd like to kill whoever did. Which is way fucking over the line. Even if you don't have a magical scarecrow that makes your wishes come true. Yeah. Like, it's just a glove, bro.
0: He takes baseball very seriously. He really wanted to play it at night,
1: where you can see. I want to murder whoever took my glove. Grind their bones into bread. I'm going to
0: mutilate them. Gonna cut up their bodies and feed them to the pigs. My favorite part is, besides how dramatic he is, is that his voice just echoes. So we get a, kill whoever he did, whoever he did. We look at the scarecrow. (laughs) Because it's, you know, it's going to kill somebody now. Yeah, definitely. And Anne looks at Jared, and she's like, Jared? And Jared gets all wide eyed and he says, no way, that wasn't an order. And the kids look out at the window, and the scarecrow is gone. Jared's like, oh, man, that thing's going after Mark. Anne says that they got to stop it, but Jared asks how because she couldn't stop it for building the dugout. But Anne seems to have, like, an idea, and she's saying only the true master can stop the servant. The power's in the tube. She hands Jared the dragon bone thing, and he says, we got to smash it. And then he feebly attempts to break this Very thing on weakly. the deck. It's He's so like, good.
1: Uh, uh, it's so funny. It won't break. I tried twice. <sighs> I can't
0: it's incredible so he's he has it vertically in his hands he's trying to smash like the bone end of it and by smash i mean like gently press it onto the surface of a table i don't know
1: yeah he gently bounces it (laughs) off the desk
0: it's hilarious and Anne grabs it and she's saying the two dragons have to be separated so she says a magic word and then she feebly slams it on the desk but like horizontally (laughs) it's so great it's so pathetic and i love it So great. (laughs) Jared tells her that they got a worn mark, but she's like, the game will be over by now, but I know where he'll be. And then the two kids race out of the room. Outside in a cornfield, we look over, and there's a couple of trucks and just a bunch of people everywhere, and they're all saying goodbye and, like, good game, congrats. You know, crap like that. We cut to a look at the cornfield, and then the scarecrow arm pops into frame. And then it starts walking. And we cut to the kids riding their bikes... And we keep cutting between the kids and watching the Scarecrow walk. And then Mike shakes hands with people. And the Scarecrow takes like a step a minute, so
1: it's really no threat. But it, it does look creepy.
0: Yeah, it looks creepy, but also it moves like, like a snail. the Scarecrow, yeah,
1: it walks like a Scarecrow would.
0: <laughs> they did a good job on it. Anyway, finally, the kids all roll up to Mark on their bikes. And he's like, whoa, you two are grounded. Beat it. And Ann tells him that the Scarecrow is after him and they can't stop it. They're still surrounded by people, by the way, which was interesting to me because, like, you know, these kids are talking about scarecrow nonsense. And I'd figure that the people wouldn't be around them. But everybody's invited to the party. Mark asks him what they're talking about. And Jared tells him that it's because he has his glove. And Mark's like, I gave you the glove. And Jared says, no, there were tractor parts in that bag. So Mark stops and he says, tractor parts. Oh, I guess I gave you the wrong bag. And Anne asks where the gloves are. And we cut to Dad slash Uncle Pete who's just driving his tractor late at night and humming for some reason, and then we hear and see the scarecrow pop into frame, and then the tractor is, like, seen in the distance.
1: If it's a fight between a scarecrow and a tractor, uh, I might go tractor on this one.
0: Yeah, I would too, for sure. That tractor's gonna just mow over that scarecrow. The scarecrow seems to hide in the corn as the tractor comes closer, When suddenly the tractor stops and Dad's all like, what in the blazes? (laughs) Back with the kids, Ann asks where Dad is. Mark tells him that he doesn't know that he could be anywhere. And he asks what's going on. Ann tells him that Dad's in a lot of trouble and they need to get to Earlstead's barn. The tension building of this episode is just a lot of cutting back and forth. So we cut back to dad who's checking out his tractor, then back with the kids, Mark asks again what's going on, like he has like dementia or something because they just told him. They've been telling him this
1: for Yeah, but it also doesn't make episode. sense to a person who hasn't been watching this episode.
0: The kids already told him like 3 times that they think that the scarecrow is alive. So Jared tells them to forget it. They got to go find Uncle Pete, but Ann tells them that that'll take hours. We don't have that kind of time. But Jared says, "Hey, listen, Ann." But Ann snaps, she says, "No. Done listening to you. We're doing this my way. Back with Dad, he Go. grabs a bag, Anne. and it's got a baseball glove in it. And then he puts it back. Yeah, this is about the time where Anne finally like steps up, which is good.
1: Yeah. With like one minute left in the episode. She's finally like, My time to shine.
0: We zip back to Mark's truck. He's driving the kids, and Anne looks at him saying, Only the true master can separate the dragons and Jared's like, But Earlstead is dead. And Anne says, Exactly. And I'm like, What? I guess that makes more sense in hindsight. Back with Dad, some fog rolls in. We see a scarecrow sidestep around the tractor into frame. Back with the kids, they get out of the truck and they run. Back with Dad, he's just like whittling or something as the scarecrow very slowly sneaks up (laughs) behind him. Super slowly. Back with the kids, they make their way to the gravestone with the dragons from earlier. And then back with Dad, uh, same thing. The scarecrow is just getting closer. Now, Anne, she lifts up the bone tube saying, only a master could separate the dragons. Back with dad, he's about to get grabbed by a scarecrow. And then back with the kids, she slams that tube down on the grave and it breaks it in half. And the scarecrow, he disappears from behind dad. And then we zip back to the kids and the scarecrow reappears right next to the kids, which honestly, I didn't see Why? that coming. I don't know. I feel like an idiot, but I gasped at that point. I was like, because <gasps> I didn't see that coming.
1: <laughs> it got you
0: i guess i like it wasn't scary i just didn't expect it i guess i don't know god damn it dj McHale!
1: <laughs> look this is a safe place you can admit that you were I am, scared i'm scared of scarecrows just because i want i, the, I want the corn you're a crow <laughs> i just really want the corn well like too corn, bad someone's gonna great. steal it from your cart
0: no Oh my god, (laughs) I can see that. There was no canned vegetables either. (laughs) Jared, he backs up and he hides behind the gravestone as Anne says some more magic words at him, telling it to go back where it came from. Some lightning crashes, and then we get this weird blue-toned flashback of all the stuff that happened in the episode so far mixed with the scarecrow's face. I'm not
1: sure why, but I liked it.
0: It happened. The scarecrow just kind of flops to the ground and looks all melted-like. And then we cut, to, we cut to Mark, who says, what in blazes? <laughs> and back to the kids, who look at the smoldering corpse of the Scarecrow. Mark gets out of his truck and asks the kids what's going on, even though they explained this shit to him like five times already. And Ann says, sure, I'll tell you all about it tomorrow while Jared rebuilds the fence. And the kids walk away, and we look at the grave. And from out of nowhere walks George, who picks up the pieces of that dragon tube, and he laughs a
1: bunch. The end. Which I'm also not sure why he does. He could have had that tube any time.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He was in that room with that scarecrow. What stopped him from having the tube all the time? Maybe he did have the tube all the time? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. You know what? Okay, so for this being scarecrows, which are not scary in the slightest, they did a good job with it. I understand that they had to figure... Like, I get that they had to figure something out for why the scarecrow moved around and stuff. I don't understand why they chose ancient dragons and stuff, but whatever, they made it work, I, I guess. All
1: the details and the logic of the episode don't make any sense, but I just really liked the scarecrow. It was a, such a good,
0: such a good design on there. That face is stuff of nightmares. Honestly, it's it's great. The only thing I can say is you got to look at it. It's something like I expected it to be not scary in the slightest, because scarecrows to me, like I said, are always just smiling like sunflower faces and this one is like it seriously looks like leatherface to me. And I know I've said before that I've never watched the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies, but I've seen Leatherface and I feel like that is a leathery face. Yeah. Like he wants to eat me. Similar. Um Jared sucks. Anne is okay. Mark is great. And the dad is kinda, you know, non existent. The characters are all okay, I guess. The setting, you know, we haven't seen Farms stuff before, and really that's the only thing you can do with Farm is Scarecrow, so I don't know. It was all right. It wasn't my favorite, um, but I, I liked some of it. This is one of those episodes I didn't remember at all, so...
1: I like the Scarecrow, and I like episodes where people wish for things and seeing what happens. I wish! Twisted Claude, and there's another one. I'm
0: thinking mm, of... Dream
1: Machine? Wishes
0: no. Something. Anyway... I have a feeling that we're gonna be, we'll come back to wishing and having it get fucked up because that's, I I feel like we're gonna get another story like that, and I'm okay with that too. I like okay. those stuff. I
1: like seeing how wishes. Let me ask be you this.
0: Okay, what
1: was the scarecrow evil? Uh, it seems to me that the scarecrow is only as evil as the person making the wishes. Yeah, I
0: get that vibe too. I mean it built that fence pretty good and that dugout it
1: built that fence and it didn't seem like there was any catch like yeah i built the fence but i killed uncle pete or whatever yeah
0: and it did deliver those beans too and that's not an evil thing to do it's only if you're like no. hey deliver these beans and also kill him kill mr galloway
1: <laughs> yeah that that would be a little evil but no, it just, like, does what you tell it to do. And if you tell it to kill someone, that that's on you.
0: Yeah. The only part that I don't really care about this is that you can just say anything anywhere and it'll hear you. Yeah. Which, you know what? The, the episode did say that it can hear you from everywhere, so good job.
1: Yeah. The scarecrow is like, okay, Google.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so... Back with the Midnight Society, Gary says, great, I declare this meeting of the Midnight Society closed. And Sam tells her that it was a good story. It's so funny
1: how sometimes the episode ends and they're just like, oh, God, empty the bucket. Quick, let's go. They don't want to have any discussion. No,
0: they don't want to talk about it at all. But it's funny, too, because this is one of the episodes where Gary actually declares the meeting of the Midnight Society closed. Because some episodes, they just dump the water on the fire and they just all leave. Yeah. There was like a streak where he wasn't declaring anything closed. It was all just left open.
1: No, he's taking control back. I guess so. This is his club, and you're all going to know it.
0: It's true. He's like, this has been four years of this stuff. Sam tells her that it was a good story as Gary dumps water on the fire. We look over at Frank and Kiki who are whispering to each other, and we can see Betty Betty Ann in the background. They look up at Betty Ann, and they walk over to her saying, we were thinking, do you want to go to a movie together tomorrow? And Betty Ann understandably asks if they're kidding, and Kiki says, no, and we'll buy the tickets. Betty Ann tells them that they don't have to do that, but Frank's like, yeah, we do. Betty Ann says, thanks, and Frank says, no problem, except I picked the flick. And the girls laugh, and Frank says, what? I pick good movies. And he puts his arms around the two girls' shoulders, and they walk away, as they're saying, like, yeah, yeah, and Frank says, oh, it's gonna have so much action and car chases... It's going to be really rare. It's called The Lion King. And that's the end of the
1: episode. Yeah, good episode.
0: It was a nice ending, though. I like that.
1: Yeah, I like to see them be friends. thought that was a really sweet ending,
0: having them be, like, buddies again and everything. They learned. You know, Betty Ann, she, she crafted that story for this situation so she could get a free movie.
1: Yeah, she'll let it slide this time when they want to sneak into another movie.
0: It doesn't really make any sense for the story, but...
1: Look, I'm not going to go this episode without mentioning Betty Ann's gold glittery vest. It's incredible. And we didn't mention it at all, but now's the time to shout it out and say that Betty Ann's got style.
0: She's always had style.
1: She was always cool.
0: So, what do you think is the moral of the story? I think it's pretty clear, don't wish death upon people.
1: Yeah, that seems like a good one.
0: Don't haphazardly be like, I'm gonna kill you. (laughs) Some people take that shit seriously.
1: Don't build structures... On oh. your... Uncle's farm? I'm I'm forgetting words. it's okay. Yeah, hosts. That's what yes. I was thinking. Like, you're the guest. They're the host. <laughs> don't just go building buildings. I'm gonna add to that. On their property. I'm
0: gonna add to that. Don't steal all of the supplies from the local farms. <laughs> like, eh,
1: don't I steal mean, all their shit. Maybe.
0: Don't steal all their wood and their scarecrows and stuff. They probably need that stuff.
1: If you're told to deliver beans... Just do it.
0: Mm-hmm. Just do your goddamn job and don't complain about it. Or scarecrow's gonna come and kill you. But you know what? The Tale of the Silent Servant. Kind of a boring name. I think we can come up with something better. The Tale of the Scarecrow Walks at Midnight. <laughs> come on. That was Damn nice. it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Gotta be quicker than that. Uh, the Tale of the Dragon Bone. All oh, right. The Tale of the Dugout. Oh man, he wanted that dugout so bad. So bad. Do you think he has a dugout at home? I'm sure he's got dugouts all over the place. (laughs) That's why he was so mad. He's not used to being in places that don't have dugouts. He's not used to being dugoutless. The tale of old
0: man George.
1: I got nothing else.
0: Yeah, that's fine.
1: (laughs) I think that's enough.
0: Brandon, are you ready to find out what we're going to be watching next week?
1: Yes. What is it?
0: All right. Next week we are watching season four, episode eight. The tale of the room for rent. Who do you think's gonna mm. be talking about this shit?
1: I'm gonna say it's a Tucker story. I'm gonna okay. say he knows nothing about rooms for rent.
0: <laughs> He's not gonna know anything about trying to get an apartment or anything.
1: When you think about it, rent is really yeah. the scariest thing.
0: Ooh, preach it, Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna let you know. I don't remember this episode in the slightest. So okay.
1: So for all you know, it's about. Yep. Tell me, what do you think it's gonna be about? The tale of room for rent. For rent. I mean, the name is just so. I don't know. Like the this room is gonna be haunted or something. Yeah. And someone's gonna rent it, and it's gonna be like a young girl and her parents, and it's like, oh, we've got this room, and. It's haunted. I don't know.
0: I feel like this could be the exact same episode as The Tale of Apartment 214. It's a room? Yeah, pretty much. For rent. I don't know, man. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I don't know. I, like I said, I don't remember a single thing about this episode. So,
1: All right. Well, we'll both find out that it's something completely different.
0: Yeah. But we'll find out next week. I'm tired, it. This Brandon. is the
1: episode about Bigfoot.
0: Who knew? Oh, Brandon. <laughs> Okay, this isn't any spoilers because I've never seen this episode, but it's either season 6 or 7. There's one called The Tale of Bigfoot Ridge.
1: (laughs) I wonder what that one's about.
0: I'm not sure. (laughs) Probably some sort of ridge. I don't know. We're not talking about that episode, though. We got like half a year before we get to that or more. But that's in the future, Brandon. For now, I'm, I'm, I'm tired as hell. I'm sure we'll forget about it. I'm tired, Brandon. I'm going back to bed. Been up all night. I only good. got five hours of sleep because Animal Crossing came out last night and I had to play it. Is that it was good? awesome. I loved it. I can't wait to play it more. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, you know, I meant to mention this earlier, but hey, if you guys want to play Animal Crossing with me, give us an email. That's private at gmail dot com and maybe we'll come and visit your island. Well, by we I mean me. Brandon's not gonna play it.
1: Hey, I might. I
0: hope so. I've been trying to hype Becca up for it for a while now.
1: <laughs> I'll be honest. I'm not going to play. I know.
0: That's okay. I'll play it with Becca. But not right now. Like I said, I'm tired, Brandon. I'm going back to sleep. I've been up all fucking night. All right. I'm out I'll wake here.
1: up to talk to you next week.
0: All right. Sounds good. Talk to you next week.
1: Bye, everybody. Bye.